0: There is only one war that matters, and it is here. This is the Geek Confidential Podcast. I was on vacation, Labor Day happened, and there was a hurricane. Melody Ackles, welcome. Hi, hey, hey. Dan Pierce, welcome back. How's it going? I felt really bad because like, the podcast had to go on hi- hiatus at the exact time that the Game of Thrones season finale was happening. The Orphan Black finale was happening. The Defenders was premiering. We've got a lot to catch up on. But before we get to that, Mel, I want to talk to you a little bit about Hurricane Harvey because you Mm -hmm. and your family were directly impacted by that. What happened? Okay.
1: Um, so for anyone that doesn't know, I always say I'm from Texas, which is absolutely true. I'm from Texas. So my Book-a-borns. hometown is <laughs> all day. My hometown is Beaumont, Texas. And I know I'm sure y'all have seen it on the news. They got hit pretty hard by Hurricane Harvey. Um it wasn't, you know, a direct eyewall hit, but what happened was the storm came over east around Beaumont and Port Arthur and Houston, and it just stalled out and it rained, my parents said, for like three days straight nonstop. So that's why Houston was underwater so much but my got affected pretty badly as well um not as bad as houston uh, the water supply what happened was um the floodwaters went over the water pumps the main water pumps that pump the city the main pump and the backup pump and what happened was there was an electrical failure so the water pumps failed so there was no way for them to go in and repair it because the pumps were underwater so they were out water in the city for about two weeks. So Beaumont, it's small compared to everywhere else around it. I think there's about 120,000 people that live there. Um, and Houston is about an hour away. And there are 3 million people that live in Houston by itself, 6 million if you count the Metroplex. So I'm just saying, put that in perspective. Um, so that's really what's going on there. They really needed a lot of water, Um A lot of groups were helping out getting the city water and the people water. But it wasn't just Beaumont that was affected. It was Port Arthur as well, which is the next city over, Orange, all these other places. Port Arthur got really the brunt of it because they're a port city. So the Gulf of Mexico and everything is right there. So most of the city was underwater. So I say this um, from the bottom of my heart for everyone that has already helped. We thank you so much for anyone that can help. They still need help down there. You know, when your house is flooded like that, And the water just sits there. You have to gut the house. And a lot of people can't afford to do it. So they have to do it themselves, trying to sanitize things, trying to get back to normal. The kids haven't even started school there. Because I don't know how everywhere else works, but in Texas, we usually start school in August. Mid to late August is when they start school. And the week that the hurricane came was the week the kids were supposed to start school. So a lot of people lost everything. You know, they lost their whole house. They lost their school clothes. They lost their cars. They, they, They don't have anything. So if anyone can help, please do. Salvation Army, the Southeast Texas Food Bank are really good places to give to if you can. Uh, the water is back on in Beaumont, but my mom said it's still sandy. So, well, and your family was trapped for there worth.
0: for a while, were they not? There
1: was no way in and there was no way out of the city. So, they were trapped for a good week. You couldn't, you just couldn't get out. There was water everywhere. And it just, it wasn't safe. And I posted and retweeted and, and everything I could to show people, you know, what was going on and how much they needed help. But um, the floodwaters have gone down quite a bit. They can get out of the city uh, if they need it to. So they, I'm just saying, for my people, <laughs> they all need help still. It's it's a long road to recovery for anyone that has gone through a hurricane and anything like that. They definitely need all your help for everyone who has already you know, helped out. We definitely thank you all. But that's really what's going on in my life.
0: Did everybody make it through healthwise? I know before it, um, you and I were texting and um, you had said that one of your family members might have had to have been admitted or is that something you don't want to share on the podcast? Yeah.
1: Oh, no, that's fine. Um, they were admitted to the hospital, but everything worked out um, and they got out. Probably the safest place for them was in the hospital at the time because they didn't have to worry about the water coming up or getting out or anything like that. But, you know, everybody in my family is OK. I had a couple of family members that did have to be rescued by boat because the water was so high. One of my family members lives in a second floor apartment and the water was in the apartment on the second floor. So I'll put that, let y'all put that in perspective of how high the water got in Port Arthur. So, um, but everybody's okay. We're good for right now, getting everything they
0: need. I'm glad to hear that. And and as you said, if people want to contribute, they can do so through the Salvation Army, the Southeast Texas Food Bank, also the Red Mm -hmm. Cross. And not only are our thoughts with the people who are going through that in Texas, but also the people who are now facing Irma in Florida. I mean, that is, Mm -hmm. you look at what, the cities there and how Tampa's taking a direct hit and Ooh. the eyewall. And I mean, it just is unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> They're, the they, same thing going down in Florida over there, and they absolutely need all your help. The country yeah. is going to need a lot of healing between now and the, in the next six months, 12 months, because it's not its not just when the cameras leave and the story ends that the story ends for a lot of people. It's the recovery that can be right. as brutal or as traumatizing as the actual incident itself. Yeah, because – <laughs>
1: The recovery of y'all don't understand, like going back to your house when there's water in it or we would live through a hurricane my senior year of high school that put a tree through our house. So you can't you literally can't go back in the city. They won't let you back in. If they do let you back in, it's to clean up your house and things you don't think about, you know, like the refrigerator that's been off for two weeks and that has all your food in it. Just don't open it. (laughs) That smell stays with you. I can't explain it. I don't want to get too much into it, you know but there's there's so much more that people don't think about until you live it, so.
2: Yeah.
0: I, there's no real good transition from talking about disasters to talking about television and films, so I'm not going to try and make a good segue. I will just transition to The Defenders. It premiered on um, Netflix. Dan, what did you think of it?
2: Personally, I really enjoyed it, but it definitely pointed out, like man, Danny Rand is the worst. (laughs) He, like, every single scene, he's just talking about how he's the defender of Kunlun and it's his responsibility to defeat the Hand. And everyone is like, dude, nobody cares. You are rich. We have, like, actual problems to deal with. You could throw money at our problems and our problems would be solved. Shut up. And like, just, I loved seeing the interactions personally between the four of them. Uh, Just the scenes with Jessica and Matt were amazing. Seeing Jessica and Luke reconnect was amazing. Even the scenes where like Matt and Danny were sort of having to interact was great. Luke was kind of making Danny tolerable at times, because Claire kind of helped ease that tension, which was great. Um, You know, I, (sighs) Misty frustrated the heck out of me until the very end uh, a little bit, just because, like, there's some, like, serious stuff going on, and Misty is still, like, even as, like, the cops, the cops are still treating this like, you are impeding our investigation, and, Everyone's looking at them like, guys, there's bigger things going on than your investigation. You're actually putting the city in danger by keeping us here. Stop it.
0: Mel, what was your quick take before we get into the best and worst moments?
1: Quick takes. um, I agree with Dan uh, that Iron Fist is absolutely positively the weak point of that show. Good God. I kind of struggled through a lot of that. Um, I love the scenes when they all four of them work together. I think I've come to realize that my favorites are Luke Cage and Jessica Jones. Uh, Sigourney Weaver, yes, ma'am, loved her as the villain. But overall, I thought it was a good series, and I can't wait to see more.
0: I really enjoyed it. I thought it was solid. I'm with Mel. Sigourney Weaver was amazing. And meanwhile, Madam Gow, her theme song should be, I'm a survivor, I'm a survivor, (laughs) because that woman has nine lives daredevil and jessica jones i loved that dynamic um i was really hoping to see the luke cage iron fist dynamic because while i haven't um, read the comics i have um, read a, a lot about how they're this great duo in comics danny rand is still the weakest link of this whole universe both writing and acting, he just is clobbered. And I don't think there's anything you can do to really like change that in terms of you can't change the acting. The writing can be improved. And in some regards, how the defense, and like, I almost feel like this show saw it. And they, ha- they basically used all these lines by Luke Cage and other people about him being an idiot to try and make up for it. And it was the only redeeming factor about Iron Fist is the fact that all these people were calling him idiots the entire time. For me, that was it. Electra, hello, fantastic. Ooh. Loved her, loved her, loved yes. her. I would, I would love to have her um, get her own series. I know The Punisher's coming up next, but I would love to see Electra get her own series. Dan, did you have any low moments, high moments, favorite moments?
2: Honestly, I was really disappointed at the way they treated Madame Gao. Like, we've spent the better part of with Daredevil and Iron Fist looking at her like, man, she's so badass. She's just so mysterious and like, is controlling all of these situations. But seeing her be a general in someone else's army, I was not there for that. I was like, you know, you're really weakening this awesome character who has all of this wisdom and has all of these schemes and plans and stuff by putting someone above her. I like, I was not a fan of that. And the idea that like um, the the guy who runs the the army of the hand, um, Colleen's m- master, uh-huh. him coming back, he like he, I I didn't really care about him. They had a bunch of one off guys that like I we were meeting for the first time, so I really didn't care about that.
0: I like that it, Stick was finally killed.
2: Yes, finally. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Holy
0: cow, that, like,
2: a long time coming. Um, I also really liked Foggy and, like, Foggy interacting with Matt. There were a lot of good Foggy scenes. And Foggy kind of making Karen finally realize, like, hey, so uh, we can't change Matt. We just need to love him for who he is, and this is who he is. So we need to accept that, even if it means Matt dies, quote unquote, or doesn't die. I don't know. Spoilers are are, are probably. It's been out three weeks. We're fine. Okay, cool. So Matt's not dead. Uh, That's that's kind of a thing. Um, um, Where's
0: Electra uh, equally important, considering they went down together or supposedly went down together? Yeah, I,
2: I, I don't understand how all of that works. I'm also having a hard time keeping in mind that this is all taking place in the Marvel MCU. Because with New York and this much chaos, you would think someone would show up and be like, uh, Hey, uh, what's, uh, what, what's up with this? You know, there's all these earthquakes. What's, what's going on? And all of these people are trying to do the cover up and Trish is getting silenced and all of these things are going on and no one raises like the suspicion is like i understand the hand is everywhere but it it just it seemed very fishy uh i i love the jessica jones and luke cage stuff with trish and with malcolm and with uh even claire had some really good stuff even though i really wanted her to tell misty on the phone toward the end, like, Hey, there's a sword fight going on. I have to hang up the phone right now. Um, because Colleen was knee deep in a sword fight and Misty was like, you need to open the door. Like the, the cops were kind of a nuisance in the, in this episode, but I'm really excited to see Misty's evolution as a character with her finally getting her robotic arm. Um, And kind of taking a bigger role in kind of the Luke Cage, Iron Fist dynamic, um, which is kind of great. Uh, I I feel like there was something else. uh,
0: If you want to. Oh, go ahead.
2: Oh, no, I was just going to say with with Elektra um, kind of coming back from the dead again and stuff like that. It's, it's really interesting seeing her as like this blank slate and how she was being manipulated by Sigourney Weaver. And then all of a sudden she realized it.
0: And uh, Sigourney that's when, weaver that's when I shouted at my TV. I was like, Fuck! <laughs> yeah, that was
2: that was what the uh, Mariah and Cottonmouth scene. Like every every series has that like midway point where you're just kind of like surprised, like oh my gosh, this happened! I can't believe it that like you did not anticipate this happening so soon, but yet, bam, there it is.
0: M- Mel, did you have any highlights or low uh, points uh, that you wanted to bring up?
1: Um, Dan covered a lot of it. I do. <laughs> There was one line Jessica Jones said that had me dying. When she tells Daredevil, she said, if you ever touch me like that again, I hit you so hard, you'll see. I was on the floor. That was fantastic. <laughs> um, and I definitely agree about them killing Sigourney Weaver too soon because it was too soon and I needed more. I understand, you know, that was the whole point of it because we found out she was dying in the beginning, but still I thought she was really fantastic and I needed more of that. Um, let me see. Anything else besides Iron Fist just bringing down the whole series? Um, I agree about Misty too. She wasn't she was definitely a change from what we had already seen in Luke Cage. She was kind of hindering the process more than trying to help it. So, but I was excited to see that she finally gets her mechanical arm. So there.
0: The one thing that the one omission of all the like the side characters that from the other shows that I had hoped to see but didn't was Tom Pelfrey. He was like literally the only redeeming thing about Iron Fist. And so mm-hmm. I was hoping he would get a cameo in here, even if it was just like a boardroom scene or something. Mm-hmm. And he didn't, so that was a little bit of a disappointment. <laughs> Uh, One of the things that I did think was interesting is that about the time that The Defenders came out, Netflix announced that Jessica Jones is the most watched of the Marvel Universe shows on on Netflix, followed by Daredevil, then Luke Cage, and then Iron Fist. I think it's awesome that you have such a character-driven series that kicks ass and where daredevil was the first and i mean helped launch it on netflix the fact that jessica jones has become the most downloaded i think is a great accomplishment
2: she's the best well i mean what can you say
0: <laughs> there you go there you go uh, mel i mm-hmm. wanted to have a special game of thrones wrap-up podcast but the hiatus and everything else that took place sort of got in the way Mm-mm. So, what did you think of the final two episodes of Game of Thrones and the finale?
1: Okay, there's so normally I would do one of my recaps here, but there was so much that happened, I don't think I can. So I'm just gonna hit high points. Wow, um, so so much happened when the last you know two episodes of Game of Thrones. Jon Snow and his crew went out to try and capture a White Walker so they can bring it to Cersei because she doesn't believe anything she can't see. That whole battle of them with the White Walkers surrounding them and them trying to figure out what's going on, how are we going to get out of here, to Khaleesi showing up on her dragons. Uh, Insane. Insane, the whole sequence. I loved all of it. And the fact that R.I.P. one of our dragons, but not really because he becomes a ice dragon kind of, di- I don't know, he's a Sub-Zero dragon, that's why I, in my head, envision, you know, Sub-Zero for Mortal Kombat, that's what I envision in my head, um, that was great, can we talk about the death of Littlefinger, can we just, yes. holy but- crap!
0: It was you know but here's the thing as much as I loved it I really feel like this season with its beats mm. miss didn't set it up well the, because the previous episode I was I ended it and I was like what the hell is going on Bran could be here he could be solving all this like he could basically be solving all this tension between Sansa and Arya and He's just nowhere in Winterfell for an entire episode, and it turns out that apparently they did film some other scene that sort of had oh. a Sansa going a Sansa going to him, but it was cut. Oh. But oh. I feel like it was that type of thing was indicative of this entire season where they cut a lot of corners to try and make big moments, and as part of that, the character was compromised, and that was sort of one of those scenes. I love that Littlefinger got it. And the scene was epic in how they did it. But mm-hmm. there were a lot of scenes this season in which character was compromised for a, a shock factor for me.
1: Uh, I can see that. I, I could go along with that. I, know, I liked it because it left that good old element of suspense because you just knew. You were like, oh man, Littlefinger, and then done it again. He didn't turn Sansa against Arya. And then at the last second, she's like, Lord Baylish. And you're like, oh snap, she finally figured it out. So, you know, as much as I can't stand, Sansa, I give her uh, one and a half points for finally figuring it out that Little Finger was trash. That was good. And I liked a little speech of her saying, you know, I'm a slow learner. My roommate and I stood up and clapped, I promise you, because it's the truth. Oh, well, let's see what else is going well, on. Well, there's the w-
0: Jon Snow revelation that w- was finally confirmed. Look. We knew this. We knew. I know, but it was okay? confirmed. And he's not a <laughs> bastard. They, they clarified that he's not a bastard, which wasn't confirmed. That's true. That's true.
1: I mean, it's like about time that everybody else gets to find out. And I like that it was Sam that finally decided to get the hell out of there from cleaning chamber pots and everything. Because he had all the tea right there. So I like that it was Sam to figure out everything that's going on and bring it to... You know, the Starks and Brand's attention. I wanna see, you know, later on how John's gonna react to all of this, especially since he just made a baby with Khaleesi. Yes, I said it. I'm calling it right now. Khaleesi is totally
0: pregnant. That's why. He definitely I think. rode a dragon this season.
1: <laughs> Here I go. You know, Danny got a couple of inches of snow, but that's not the point. Um, let me see. My gosh, what else happened? Jamie, Jamie, and Cersei. Jamie has turned his back on Cersei Lannister. (laughs) Who would have
0: thought that happened, especially when there's a baby involved? But I will say this: the scene where the the uh, White Walker minion came out was the first time that we've actually seen Cersei with true fear in her eyes. (laughs) And after seven seasons of her just being like an ice queen (no puns intended), (laughs) that was nice to see. She was legit. Scared this time. She was like, oh, no, I can't do this. This is too much. And
1: I like to see that, you know, everyone was frightened. That was a really great scene to be like, you know, this is Renata. We're not lying. This is the truth. This is absolutely what's happening,
0: Cersei. But I have a question Do you really think Cersei is pregnant? I do. It, it, not necessarily because of the storyline, but because of the like the parallels between Danny possibly being pregnant and Cersei being pregnant. If both of those survive in the end, and I'm not convinced Cersei will, maybe she will die in childbirth, maybe she will die in some other form. But if both of them survive and their their two children are alive to carry on the war between the Lannisters and the Targaryens, it would be fitting. That's the only reason why I think she is actually alive, is because from that parallel standpoint, it works for me.
1: I don't know. I think Cersei is lying. But I do think Cersei is going to die. Like I don't think she, I don't see her making it out of this.
0: What did you think of Tyrion spying on John and Danny?
1: Man, Tyrion is not here for it. He does not like it at all. He saw John go in that room. He was like, Mm-mm, "This so, is not
0: gonna work for me." But here's my question because there's been all kinds of theories bandied about about it. Uh, one theory is the fact that, I mean, one theory is that he cut a deal with Cersei because we don't know what he said to her to bring exactly. her back to the table. Mm-hmm. Another is that. He is actually jealous of John and likes Danny himself, mm-hmm. which I I was like hmm. And so there's various theories floating. What is your theory for him?
1: So I definitely think there was some kind of deal made between him and Cersei, but I don't know what. And the fact that he made a deal with Cersei is a little scary because you know these two cannot stand each other. So I think there's something there. Now as for Tyrion wanting Danny, I don't think he wants her like that, but I think he wants to have her full attention. And he knows he can't have that if Jon Snow was around spreading his snowfall everywhere. So I think that's gonna drive a wedge between the Starks and um, Danny and Tyrion. So... I find all of that very interesting. These dynamics, and then we're gonna have Jamie come in at some point because he didn't left Cersei,
0: presumably
1: headed to Danny and Tyrion and all them. So I want to see how this all plays out.
0: What did you think of Brienne coming south?
1: I love Brienne, so I'm all about it to see what how they're gonna play everything with her. I just I can't wait.
0: So here's my question, because there's a lot of, there's a lot of shipping camps. There's Brienne and Jamie, there's Brienne and Tormund. Based on the discussion that Brienne had with the Hound, there was a little bit of like, I saw social media, it's like, hmm. So if you had to choose, which of those three would you want her with? I
1: mean, does, does she really need a man? She's Brienne of Tarth. No, okay, Let me, now that that's out of my
0: system, I... Well, it's not I that really she liked... needs a man but every <laughs> woman deserves love whether that's it's with true. a man or a she woman. Does. She true, doesn't she does. need him. She pr- listen. There is there is definitely going to be someone who's in charge of the of that relationship and it would say, be Bri- like, and, and that, would be, class.
1: that would be That
0: would be Brienne, let me just tell you.
1: Okay. I like both of them. You know, I loved Brienne and Jamie because she really made Jamie more human when she was around him all those seasons ago but then he went back to Cersei and then I had to hate him again I didn't even want to hate him again because I started to like him so maybe there but I like the whole Brienne Torment thing because he is totally and completely in love with her and she is not trying to give him the time that she is paying this dude dust and I think it's hilarious and I would love to see those two end
0: up together so I, I don't know. Well, it, when Torment and the Hound were both north of the wall talking about <laughs> Brienne, it was like, oh. It was so fantastic.
1: The fact that the, the Hound was like Brienne of Tarth, and he was like, you know her? Man, I just love her so much. I got a woman waiting for me at home, and I was like, Tormin, she doesn't like you. She doesn't even like to look at you. But I, I like that little aspect of it. It's cute.
0: Anything else from the season finale other than us? Because we haven't even discussed the wall coming down. Anything else before we get to that?
1: Um, I'm trying to think if there's anybody else who had any major developments. Not that I can think about off the top of my head. I'm sure someone in the comments would be like, you didn't talk about, I'm sorry.
0: We'll get to Um. it next time. (laughs) Because I'll definitely be following up with Mo next week. Okay, for sure. Uh, so, what did you think of the wall coming down uh, for the season? For seven seasons, it was this em- emblem of protection. It was physical protection from the White Walkers and the nor I mean north of the Wall. Now it's down. The invasion has begun. There is snow in King's Landing. Meanwhile, everybody else is in the South. Sansa and Arya are at Winterfell. Like, my greatest fear is we're going to start out Season 8 with the, one of those two or both of them becoming White Walkers. A Lich Queen in Sansa or Arya would be terrifying.
2: Hmm,
0: interesting. So I thought the whole scene of the wall
1: coming down was Blew my mind. I was like, whoa. I mean, half the wall is gone. White Walkers are coming. And they were downed by one of Danny's dragons, who is now an ice dragon. So it's just like, wow. That whole visual was just, it was crazy town. So, like you were saying, you know, what does this mean for everyone? There's snow in King's Landing. It does not snow in King's Landing. This is how you know everything is about to get real. The Winterfell is the most northern point, right?
0: Well, kingdom, other so, than the wall,
1: yeah, other than the, the watch Watch. So I hope they get word in Winterfell that something's coming. Bran can do his thing and let them know, hey, they coming, they coming right now. But we could very well open up the next season with, you know, the White Walkers in Winterfell and this going down like elevators and escalators. So okay. I, I want to see how long it takes the White Walkers to get to King's Landing, or if they even make it that far.
0: So out of five stars, a season that had epic scenes, tragic deaths, teleportation travel, uh, and some character development compromised. Out of five stars, what would you give the season? It gets a solid four, like a four point two, like a solid. Okay, I'm not gonna be quite as generous. I'm gonna give it a three point seven five. I would last season six for me because of how. There was still character development amongst all the culminations mm-hmm. is still probably my favorite season. Yes, this season had a lot of splash, but I feel like a lot of characters had shortcuts that should have like they, this should have been a 13 episode season so that we didn't have to have the shortcuts. Mm-hmm. But that's just me, Dan. Yes, before the podcast, you texted me and was like, I've compiled a list of berlanti castings. And I'm like, sure, great. Send it my way. I was working on it for the outline anyways. You sent me it and I was like, okay, um, we're going to just have you do a summary because that is way too many to cover for the time we were on hiatus. So what are the biggest casting headlines out of the berlanti for each of the major shows?
2: uh for arrow there's two giant ones uh colton hayes announced that he uh, roy is on his way awesome so that is good. I, oh i'm so happy that roy's coming back ah this is going to be fantastic uh and also uh liam hall was cast as joe wilson who's going to be playing slade wilson's son uh who's going to be a secret military agent stuck in a remote prison um if you're thinking about Grant, who is in the future episode of Legends of Tomorrow, uh, it's not the same person. Uh, Slade Wilson's going to have Grant later, like in the future. So this like, is an he's older brother. Have... This is yeah, this is an older brother. Okay. Um. So, and this is going to be a part of the uh, two-parter that Slade's getting during the course of the season. So that's going to be fantastic. I'm really glad that we don't have the flashbacks to that same capacity anymore so we can do episodes focused on other characters like this. This is going to be great. For The Flash, former Kyle Abbott on Young and the Restless, Hartley Sawyer, was cast as ralph dibney aka elongated man
0: which is let's pause for a second and just hope that he does better on the flash than he was on the young and the restless and preach now you you can continue
2: (laughs) fair enough fair enough there was a lot of questionable kyle abbott's in uh in succession so but yeah no he he's playing elongated man which is a stupid name and he like is a pal of Barry's like he he just kind of helps out sometimes so that's Who gonna we've be never big. seen
0: in all the seasons before who's supposedly a pal
2: well I I think he's gonna be an ally uh oh, okay. I, they've already announced that um Julian's not coming back and uh it's funny because uh Caitlin Ponebaker uh flat out was like yeah or oh oh what's her name what Danielle Pan. P- Pone um who plays Caitlin said flat out she was like yeah Julian was more into Caitlin than Caitlin was into Julian it's really no loss for Caitlin I'm like oh that's oh, cool that's a burn yeah no but it's
0: the truth it is
2: it is very true uh yeah uh whew. Danny Trejo's going to be playing Gypsy's father this season so that's going to be fantastic he's also going to be a quote unquote breacher who is a who goes between the breaches? And he's a bounty hunter, just like everyone else. Uh, Kitty Sackoff is going to be playing a villain during um, the sixth episode of The Flash this season, which is titled "Girls' Night Out." Um, and it's going—I, from what I understand, it's supposed to be um, Iris's bachelorette party uh, because Felicity's going to be in town, and they're going to do a whole episode. Uh, so
0: let's pause for a second and just reverse engineer that. That means by the sixth episode, Barry is back if they are having a if they are having bachelorette parties by episode 6 that means that Barry's time away in terms of episode count is very small. Yes. You knew that though. Well no, yeah. I kn- well okay, I knew that we were going to see him on screen, but I wasn't sure how long they were going to drag it out because in my mind if you have a 22 episode season Everything would be leading up to maybe the mid-season finale, episode 10 or 11, where you have him come back at that point. and And in order to reach it, you have him where he's at. He has the other people dealing with their lives without him. And then the last half of the season is about the engagement and the relationships and those type of things. But anyways, I apologize for interrupting. Go ahead.
2: Oh, no worries. Uh, Violet Bean, who plays Jesse, also got another recurring role on the new um, Fox medical drama. So Jesse's not going to be as available as she once was, which she hasn't been on screen that much anyways. But it's going to be a lot of emotional hairy scenes because I guess she's staying in Earth 3, which is weird to be the Flash for Earth 3 alongside uh, Jay Garrick. So, uh, you have a lack of Jesse and there's going to be other Harrison Wells showing up because of course there is. And as far as legends of tomorrow is concerned, we're getting Eleanor dark from the future, uh, played by Courtney Ford from revenge and supernatural, um, she basically has Kilgrave powers with the persuasion, and she's kind of like this alluring sex symbol kind of person who is going to be uh, mixing it up with Ray. Um, so that's going to be interesting. Seeing Ray's like upstanding morals challenged because he has the hots for someone.
0: The thing that uh, jumped out at me about your list was that we're getting a Leonard Snart doppelganger, which for you as a fan of that character must be in heaven.
2: I'm really excited but at the same time I want my Leonard Snart. I want the one that make like that Barry Allen turns into a hero and that turns Barry Allen into a villain. Like there there's a certain type of like it's the same way with Laurel from Earth 2 who's playing Black Siren. It's this idea that you can just replace these characters with doppelgangers of with the same actors. It doesn't work like that. They're not the same characters as a result. And it, it like the show plays f- so fast and loose with that to the point where we made a big deal that Sarah was the canary and that Laurel was just trying to fill in her shoes by c- becoming the black canary that we created the white canary to kind of separate things out when Sarah came back. But all of the sudden we're just as flippant to give Dinah the black canary mantle. It's ridiculous. And it's kind of a double standard. Um, and the show, these shows have been doing this for a while. So it's, it, it just kind of gets frustrating. We also have uh, Jess Macklin from mistresses. Who's playing uh A special agent, uh, kind of general person for Rip Hunter's new time bureau. Uh, So Rip's getting his own government, essentially, which is kind of cool. Supergirl's got a lot going on.
0: Um, Yeah, I was reading about some of that. That's intriguing stuff.
2: Yes. Uh, Adrian Pastar from Heroes is going to be playing like a villainous real estate tycoon who's going to be taking on lena luther uh the promos have cat grant as like the white house uh communications director person like the sean spicer type who's cat just talking grant
0: is going to slay i mean oh it's gonna be so good oh i can't wait
2: I don't actually know if she's going to be playing that. It's just the promo has her as that, and it's just so funny. Um, uh, Carl Lumbly is playing uh, Myron Jones, uh, who uh, Carl Lumbly has been voicing Marsha Manhunter in the Justice League for a long time. So for him to be playing um, John Jones's dad is such a cool thing. And the actor who plays John Jones has been really, like, heavily featuring him on his Instagram, which is really, really cool. And I'm really looking forward to that. Maggie's getting a dad. That's going to be interesting. Um, They're already starting to feature in the promos, some of the crossover stuff with uh, the legends and the Flash. So that's going to be cool. Um, And then over in Riverdale, uh, Veronica's ex is coming to town. Uh, Graham Phillips from The Good Wife is going to be playing Nick St. Clair.
1: (gasps) Zach! Okay, I'm sorry.
2: Anyways, yes. keep going. I think he's only going to be an episode or two, but oh. if he's pop- if he's popular enough, they'll probably bring him back. Because I mean, the the show plays so fast and loose with like the popularity of characters and how the fans react to them. It's it's kind of great that they're just they're like, hey, so we don't like how Josie's being portrayed. Okay, we're going to heavily focus Josie next season. Okay, well, we want more Kevin okay, he's going to be on contract. Like I, I really like how reactive the show is in addressing fan concerns, which is kind of cool. Um, aside from that, everything else, I, I think that might be it. Okay. That's a, that's a lot of stuff.
0: That's a lot of stuff. That's why I was like, when you can when you sent me that email, I was like, we're just going to have you summarize, make all yeah. of our lives easier. Mel, <laughs> I Ooh. have a confession. Oh lord Because of my travels and the holidays and things I haven't caught up on Orphan Black So I haven't watched the finale How was it?
1: Okay, y'all know I've been riding for Orphan Black Since the beginning And the finale, in all honesty oh, It left me a little underwhelmed It did I just... I. Mm, do you want me to spoil it or not? Of I, course, I you spoil can spoil it. it. You can. I don't spoil want to spoil it. it since you haven't seen it. No, I, so, listen,
0: this podcast is filled with spoilers. It has six episodes. I have 29 episodes of Suits on my DVR that I haven't no. had a chance to watch. So feel free to spoil.
1: Okay, so my biggest issue with how Orphan Black ended was that it all ended in a pretty little bow. And I was like... Big bow for this show? I was not expecting that. I was definitely expecting one of the main clones to die. I wait, was wait, like,
0: wait. None of them died?
1: Oh no. They are all alive. All of them.
0: Okay, Sarah, I haven't watched I haven't watched, but that is disappointing.
1: Sarah, Casima, Allison Ra- I am missing Rachel. One. Rachel. Oh, I think Rachel did die. But that doesn't. I don't count her, but she gonna she get on my nerves anyways. But like of the ones of our good clones, you know the good versus Mm -hmm. the bad, they all made it. And I was just kind of like, oh, I thought at least one of them was gonna die or something was gonna happen or, you know, Helena was gonna lose the babies. No, none of that happened. Like the it ends with everybody, you know, going to uh, Helena's babies. Uh, christening or something like that not the christening but you know they were having a party or something like that and I was just like oh okay this is how we're gonna end this show that was so dark for so long and I just kind of got used to that so it left me a little underwhelmed like I love the scenes of where they finally defeat P.T. Westmoreland and all of that but I was just like oh that's how we're gonna end this huh and like Sarah and end up keeping Kira and they're all her. B and Kira are living in uh, S's old house and they're all a family and everything's just so wonderful. That's not where I thought this show was going to end. I don't know. Maybe it's just me that's just kind of feeling this way about it. So eh, it was okay. I wanted it to be a little bit better, but it was all right.
0: I am surprised that they didn't kill anybody off. Of the main clones, I'm looking forward to watching it. I'm go- I'm not going to let it sit. I I do have to, I do need to watch it because I need that closure. I yep. I I have said on previous podcasts, I think on Pop Confidential, that I have this like really bad tick where when it comes to the series finales, I have a difficulty. I have difficulty watching the final few episodes because it means it's over and it's yep. done and I don't want yep. it to. It took me like a year to watch the se- the series finale, brothers and sisters, um, yep. black sales, which ended earlier this year, I've got the last episode to watch. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so this is just one of those things about me. I don't know what I'm going to do with game of Thrones. That's going to be one of those ones where I'm going to have to watch it because there's no way to avoid it but my instinct is i don't want closure on these shows so i don't, i put off the series finale as long as possible which is going to which i which makes this next topic a little bit interesting because dark matter which is on sci-fi which is a show that both mo and i watched and we'll discuss it a little bit more next week when he comes back was canceled um, and they just had their season finale, so there's not going to be any closure for that show. Meanwhile, Killjoys got a two-season renewal, after which time it will end. Killjoys has actually had a pretty good season. Uh, the storyline has really blossomed in terms of like expanding its focus and and the war that is going on, which has been good. It still has the great humorous moments, the eye-candy moments. The kick-ass moments so I understand why it got renewed Dark Matter for me the first season was one where it, it wasn't as good as Killjoys the second season rebounded and this third season has been or this last season has been one where it was strong but um there was always something about it that didn't quite feel like it congealed or like everything fit the way it needed to And I wonder, like, I've wondered if that's not part of the reason why it ended up canceled. Because there was just, there was something missing. And I could could never put my finger on it. Uh, The other show that I want to discuss with you that's coming out is Inhumans, which had an IMAX premiere. And the reviews on it are just scathing. Like, I've listened to podcasts. I've read print reviews. uh, Rotten Tomatoes started out with it being at zero and zero percent as it was released as of this recording it was zero percent with critics and 51 percent with audiences it the trailers were also roundly criticized i feel like as part of geek i was texting with mo on this and i'm like i don't think i have time for this first of all i'm not as familiar with inhumans i'll just admit that straight up The reviews are terrible. And I'm like, I just don't have time to waste on this. And he's like, it's our duty. And I'm like, not even my duty can get me to watch something that's 0% with critics. Most of the time I'll ignore critics like on films like big blockbuster movies, action movies. I'll totally ignore the critics. But 0% on a TV show? That's a whole different ballgame. Dan, were you planning on checking out the humans? Or maybe, maybe, I just had an idea. Maybe this is a pilot that all of us should watch so that we if we don't like it, we can have a hate watching episode. Sort of like Mel and Fear the Walking Dead. You know yeah. what?
1: I stop hate watching it. <laughs> no! <laughs> I stopped hate watching it. I got about three episodes into this season, and I was like, I can't do this anymore.
0: <laughs> so you actually, no, so, okay, just to clarify, because when you first said that, I was like, the way you stopped hate watching it meant to me that you had actually started enjoying it. But no, you no. actually stopped completely.
1: I, it's gone. I have no idea what happened. As soon as they killed Travis, when Travis fell out of the helicopter, I was like, I'm done. I can't watch this nonsense no more. So. <laughs>
0: Okay, okay. Nice to know. So maybe maybe we'll just have to do an Inhumans pilot um, watching so that all of us can discuss it and, and see if it's really as bad as the critics say. That might oh. actually be sort of fun, and it would be a one-time thing. We don't have to commit to any other like watching of it for the rest of the season, but maybe we could potentially hate-watch the pilot and see how bad it really is, or if it lives up to what the critics say. Dan, were you planning on watching before this suggestion?
2: I was not I I feel like Marvel has between Inhumans and the the. that's the Hulu one right because Marvel no, has no. like
0: three of different... in Inhumans is the ABC series that was released on IMAX ahead of time okay it's not so the Hulu they... it's not the Hulu one this is one that you will be able to watch for free without a subscription Dan
2: I mean, I like I already I already have Hulu. So like it, like that wouldn't have been like the issue. The issue is that this is going to be a bad show. And Marvel has too many shows coming out as is that are like X many or like they're trying to spin people off that don't need to be spun off. And I just I there's there's too much on television and there's only so many minutes in a day that I, I can't I, I, I can't. Do it. I just like ah this this is gonna be bad. And the CW already like owns my soul and also firstborn probably three children. Uh just because I, DC... I
0: firmly expect your firstborn son to be named Oliver. <laughs> just saying yeah. he's gonna be living in flashbacks, it's gonna be great.
2: Mm. Uh <laughs> But yes, so uh, the episode, like, just I, I, I don't know if I could commit to a pilot. Like, I might be.
0: It's one uh, hour for all of us. It's one hour. We can, po- we can all sneak in one hour. Okay, okay. i I'll, I'll,
2: I'll, I'll hate watch it if. If we end up doing the episode, I'll totally hate watch it. But everyone else has to be on board. I am going time. to
0: tweet this now and uh, everyone else put, has e- to be on board. Put it on the record. The okay. Everyone
2: Yes, you have to get Mo and Mel on board, and I'm in.
0: Mel? And it doesn't
2: sound like you're getting Mel. Mel!
0: Come on, you know it will be fun. Uh fun for who? Fun for the discussion after the fact. Oh Lord Jesus! You I can, heard the you only can, you watching this humans
1: to... in the IMAX theater were the the seats themselves. Okay, they was playing the empty theaters in IMAX. I just
2: uh uh. Dan Lee took a it beforehand and is still in the theater
0: it's but one like, that's hour the show is come mel, on one hour we can all watch just one hour every this one of us about every one single hour,
1: i can't get that one hour of my life back you know how many shows i've watched that i'm like oh i can't get that hour of my life back Emerald i know City. but think, think i can't of it. Get that back i'm still mad if i spent a year and i'm still mad i watched that show like
0: <laughs> think about it this way though mel Every single year we take risks on shows that are season or series premieres, every pilot season we do. Normally we give them 3 episodes. This one is one that's premiering. It's r- roundly expected to be bad. You're only committed to one episode and it could make for great podcasting. Just oh, saying. No. "Let me think about it." We'll see. You can weigh in. I'm going to tweet it out. You can weigh in on the tweet and encourage Mel. Because I'm pretty sure, based on what Mo said, that he will watch it, which means that if Dan is dependent on Mel, it's all on Mel, folks. So you got to let Mel know that you want to have a oh, no. hate watch, watch in humans. Oh, there. they're coming No, at you No pressure at all. No pressure um, at all. <laughs> um. <laughs> Mel, there was a lot of news about the Joker while I was gone. And right. I wanted to discuss it with you because Jared Leto's Joker was, oh. te- was terrible. <laughs> that's not, that's how I feel about Jared Leto's Joker. No. <laughs> it was terrible. And there there was a report that Warner Brothers is developing a – joker origin story and that they want martin scorsese to be involved and that part of what they're going to do if they can get martin scorsese involved is see if he can convince leonardo dicaprio to play the joker which that's a lot of ifs 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 if you get this if you get this if you get this but the moment that i heard leonardo dicaprio as the joker everything just sort of seemed right in the world for me because it would, to me, him as a younger version of Jack Nicholson's Joker just makes total sense. Like, total sense. Now, I'm not expecting that in 2017 it's going to have necessarily the comedic flair, but I could totally see DiCaprio as the Joker. And I would love it way more if he was versus Jared Leto. So where do you fall? Would you like to see him if it was it worked out? Is there someone else that you would like to see in the role because not only have they propo- has this surface this report, which it's caused confusion for Jared Leto because he's like, well, I'm on board to be the joker. I don't know what this is like why this is being reported if they're not gonna get if they're not gonna keep Jared around for long, if DiCaprio isn't someone who will sign on who would you like to have him replace and dan i'll be asking you the same question so you can be thinking about it
1: okay um okay so i did read about all of this and they want to do a standalone joker movie and i was like oh okay maybe but then i was like i don't want jared leto to play him then i heard about them wanting dicaprio to do it and i was like oh uh, it's not that he doesn't have the chops because he definitely has the chops to do it but I don't know if I can see Leonardo DiCaprio as you know this joker character who's out of his mind but also silly at the same time so I don't uh, I don't know I don't know I feel like I would have to know more and see more about it and they want Scorsese to do it you know how Scorsese is he is very straightforward by the book kind of dude so I'm like uh I don't know. I don't know how this will work out for a Joker movie. Um, I mm. mm I know. I would have to think about it. As for who I would want to play the Joker, ooh,
0: I don't know. I have to think about it. Um, I, mm, I don't know. Okay, I expected that you might have a suggestion, but that's okay. I, uh, no, not really. I
1: didn't. I'm like trying to go through actors and see, you know. Who would be the one that could play the joke? Because you you have to play a very fine line between crazy and sane and silly all at the same time, and that's a lot to do. So
0: the only reason why I was sort of curious is because Bill Skarsgård is getting like credit for it in his role in there. So I was wondering, well, it's a little clownish. Maybe he might pull it off it. if he pulls it off in in it. But if you don't have a suggestion, we'll come back to it on another podcast. Dan, what I'm do you think... Talking about podcasting. Listen, that movie is making a crap load of money this weekend. Dan, oh, yeah. what do you think? Should DiCaprio be the Joker? Who would you like to replace Leto? Or do you like Leto? I am
2: so sick of Joker-related things. Like, I, I feel as though we need to take a break. And the fact that, like... The, the Suicide Squad 2 is, like, officially a go-go to the point where as soon as Will Smith gets done with Aladdin and um, – oh, uh, what's her face? the Oh, um, Margot yeah. Robbie. Okay. M- Margot Robbie finishes with the Tanya Harding movie, which, by the way, they had to tell her that Tanya Harding was a real person and not yeah. just, like, a fictional character. She didn't know that? Did, apparently not.
1: Come on, how you don't know? tie your heart. Okay, keep going. I'm sorry.
2: <laughs> I think it was because the story is so crazy that like, how could this be a real person? But it was a real person. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> as soon as those get done, uh, they're gonna start shooting Suicide Squad two, because they already have all of the production stuff and everything's all set. Um, so I'm I'm really I'm so sick of. Uh, joker related things as soon as i heard this i was like all right i guess that could work i don't see scorsese going for it which means you probably wouldn't be able to get dicaprio you might be able to get todd phillips as the director but that's that's still iffy um personally like if i had to cast the role i think uh the three of us have seen this portrayal pretty well I might go James Franco. I could go for that. I okay. feel like... I feel like we saw Franco... We saw James Franco as Franco playing a really good Joker. Like, the the torment aspect to the character of the Joker, like, I... I it, it would fit perfectly with what we've already seen him be able to accomplish. Um... And there's already been a lot of like fan uh, casting and stuff like that with him in the role. A lot of people want to go William Defoe. I think he. No. I think that might be like a little too older. I was about to say, he's also too old. No. Yeah, exactly. And he's also getting critically panned right now for his portrayal in Death Note. But that, like, there's a lot of problems with that Netflix movie. That's a whole other story. Um,. But yeah, uh, James Franco would be a good, good choice. Um, But personally, I think we need to take a break from the Joker.
0: Because they're going to happen.
2: Well, personally, I think the best portrayal of the Joker, aside from obviously Heath Ledger and Jack Nicholson did pretty good. But Mark Hamill is still my favorite Joker.
0: Okay, I'll give you that.
2: Yeah, like when I think the Joker, I think his voice, like I think his portrayal of the character in the animated series in the subsequent films. Yeah. One of the most more recent ones, um, the killing joke wasn't very good, but he he did a really good job, even though the script was terrible, you know? Uh, I I don't know. I think they need to take a break for a, a lot of things over at DC because they're, they're trying to do too many films like all at the same time and it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. I know with TV wise they're starting to cast for Titans, which is pretty cool.
0: Mel, any final thought? Um, no. Okay, we would encourage you to comment on this episode at geekconfidential.com. Follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash gkconfidential. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash gkconfidential. You can find me at Twitter, twitter.com slash Luke underscore Kerr. Melody is at, at Melody Aikles, and Dan is at RealDanPierce. We thank you for listening. Until next time, so long. Bye, y'all. Go goats